You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Ah, uh, yeah. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave. We are the football dudes. Dave, are you ready, bro? Oh, yeah. You got that right, my friend. All right, that's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. It's Wednesday, November 29th, our last show before the calendar turns to December, Dave. Ooh, wow, man. It's going. We're coming this year's going crazy fast. I know, right? 2024, right around the corner. We are coming to you from Los Angeles, California, and it is a beautiful... 60 degrees. Okay, I got 61 over here. It's a little chilly, but not too bad. All right. In today's episode, we'll talk about some eye-popping Turkey Day viewership numbers. Hope I just didn't pop the mic there. We'll talk <laughs> what with what some call, and by some I mean myself, are calling Blech Friday. Okay. <laughs> the coaching carousel is well getting said. another vacancy or a seat. I don't know which way it goes. If the carousel loses people or gets people either way off. yeah i don't know what's going and we're talking playoffs playoffs yeah a team can clinch this weekend Ooh. all of that and all of the awesome games from the upcoming week i'm checking my pockets they're empty dave but tell me you're holding nugs for the people. i got a little something for the people casey for the second consecutive year the nfl set thanksgiving day viewership record it was the average viewership that is T TV and digital across all three games was Packers, Lions, Commanders, uh, Cowboys, and uh, 49ers, Seahawks. It was 34.1 million for the highest Thanksgiving Day average on record, topping last year's record of 33.6 million. So on average, Casey, it was, of course, your Cowboys crushing the Commandos with an average 41.8 viewers. So that led all of them that was the most watched nfl regular season game on record behind only last year's thanksgiving day between the cowboys and the giants common denominator cowboys equal eyeballs baby i'm gonna go How out about on the cowboys i'm gonna go out on a limb day and say next year it's gonna be even more we're gonna get over 42 million that's right oh man well uh the cowboys are one of the hottest teams in the nfl but dave so there are so hot and there are not hot. Yeah, 12 teams riding a multiple game losing streak into the last week of November. On the other side of the equation, 11 teams are on a multiple game win streak. So now's the time, man. It's kind of getting good. towards the end. Yeah, good and bad football being played out there everywhere. But Dave, even if you are one of those teams on a losing streak, do not give up. Yeah, don't give up. 17 of the past 19 seasons, a team with a losing record through 11 games has made the postseason, including each of the past five years. Last year, it was the Jacksonville Jaguars that were four and seven at this point. They rebounded, of course, to win the division, win a playoff game and finish a touchdown shy of the AFC championship. So don't panic. It is possible if your team happens to be four and seven, like some guy I know who does a podcast, <laughs> it still could happen. Highly unlikely, though. But now that there are 17 games, this goes back 19 years, where 17 of the last 19. Now they've expanded the playoffs for the last handful of years. That opens that 
or that up a little bit more even for a team yeah. to kind of claw their way back in. And again, we talked about the streaks. You got to put together a streak at the right time, play your best football towards the end of the season and bam, get into the tourney. We're going streaking, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> Plenty of time. You play your cards right. You're getting in. All right, Dave, this is kind of a light week for injuries. Thank goodness. But there's still some players that are going to miss out on week 13. Yeah, let's start it with Dorian Thompson Robinson of the Browns. He's got a concussion. He will likely miss this week. Amari Cooper on that same squad. Rib injury, he's likely going to miss this week. Moving it on over to the Saints. couple of receivers down for the Saints. It was Olave who got concussed. He will likely miss the week. And Rashid Shahid, he has a thigh injury. He'll probably miss a couple of games. Yeah, dang. Um, and that sucks for DTR coming back to Los Angeles to play these Rams and not getting <sighs> to be in the game. Boy, Total that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly is. Well, there are um, a few people out there more bummed than DTR. The Reich is over in Carolina, Dave. Not even a full season. Yeah. And wow. Uh, Frank Reich fired, obviously, interim coach, um, now uh, head coach Chris Tabor, then also immediately fired uh uh, quarterbacks coach Josh McCown and running backs coach Deuce Staley, uh, Panthers interim head coach Chris Tabor said the that he was in charge of the firing. The, getting rid of those two guys was his call. So maybe there was a little bit of <clears throat> dissension in the ranks there. Some guys were Frank Wright guys, other guys uh, more in line with Tabor. So anyways, uh, doesn't seem like there's a lot of stability. Me, might I suggest <laughs> in the Tupper or the Tepper regime over there in Carolina seemed like the greatest thing in the world when he replaced Jerry Richardson. And at this point in time, uh, he is very, very uh, quick trigger on moving past quarterbacks, moving past yeah. uh, players. And uh, you got to assume that he had a lot to do with them jumping up in the draft there. Uh, and, and now they don't even have, they have the top drift in the draft. Oh, they don't have that top pick. Yeah. The speculation was that um, Reich was not on board with the uh, Bryce Young pick and wanted to go with CJ Stroud mm -hmm. and maybe he revoiced that opinion and um, somebody didn't like the sound of it. Yeah. Gave him so the ax. He'll, he'll wind up somewhere real quick. Like I am pretty. If he wants to go, Yeah. If he wants to, otherwise he can collect the paychecks. I'm sure there was a pretty nice payday that is, that is partially guaranteed to some degree or another. Oh yeah. So maybe he's already vacationing. Not a bad way to go. I need to be fired as a coach. Me too. I, so I need that fired. golden parachute. Oh, sorry. $75 million. Jimbo Fisher. What? <laughs> Take the money and run. <laughs> That's right. Dave, it's only week 13, but there is a sole team out there that can clinch the playoffs already. Yeah. Your beloved. No, that's not your beloved. It is Nick's beloved Philadelphia Eagles. And they can get in KC with a win and a loss from the Rams or tie. And then also another way would be Philly winning and Detroit losing and Green Bay losing or tying. So those are the two ways with Philly winning. Philly can also tie and get in somehow, but then there has to be a slew of other things happening. So let's stick with the two most likely ways that they get in. <laughs> Philadelphia wins and some other combination of teams loses and boom, they're in. Yeah, I think even if it doesn't happen this week, it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think they're really getting all too antsy over there in Philadelphia about missing the playoffs right about now. Oh, man, yeah, um, they're going to be there. But, Dave, back to Black Friday. We were stoked that we got football, and then we found out it was going to be the Jets, so we were less stoked. But I don't think I could be less stoked than I am with Amazon streaming another L. 
for the I mean, NFL. Yeah. Extremely disappointing is a, is a good way of describing it. We, we talk about it over and over again. Uh, I text a rant to the football dudes, uh, people about the unbelievably horrible quality. When I turn my TV on, I have to start the game late because I work. I come in late, 45 minutes, 50 minutes late, and I have to do everything in the world to not see the score because it starts live. It yeah. just starts right up and it's on. And I have to rewind, turn the sound down, and then uh, sometime or another, it bounces ahead live for some reason. I'd have no idea why. And yeah, it's unbelievable. That's exactly what happened to me on Friday, but it actually worked out for me because I couldn't pound enough turkey to fall deep enough into a tryptophan coma to sleep through that awful game. Absolutely garbage. Made me think about canceling my Prime membership. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah, when it was three to three for so long, I thought they they get, they were talking about football, and now they've given us football. It was a scintillating three to three match for like most of the game. Turned out to be a very, very slow-paced football game. Yeah, I would have much uh, rather preferred that USA versus England World Cup game from last <laughs> year opposed to that Jets-Dolphins. Ugh. All right, Dave, enough with that garbage. Let's get into the Week 13 action. All right, Week 13. Did you say it's Week 13? <laughs> yeah, it's Week 13. Dude, it's slipping away, man. Slipping away. I know. We're almost in December. It's week 13. We On the fantasy show, we talked about no buys in week 14. There are actually two more teams <laughs> on buy next week. I saw we that. just removed them from thought because nope. I was looking ahead at my schedule. But this week, we have a lot of teams on buy. The yeah. Ravens, the Bills, the Bears, the Raiders, the Vikings, and the Giants. And Dave, five games in week 13 um, feature rematches of Super Bowls. Or NFL slash AFL championship games, including the clubs that met in the first AFL NFL World Championship game, or as we like to call it, the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. Sounds also good. in LA at the Coliseum. That's right. I believe tickets were five dollars. <laughs> I'll take two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, baby. Well, let's get this thing crack a lacking on Thursday night football. It is the Seattle Seahawks at my Dallas Cowboys, and the Cowboys are favored by seven and a half. Ooh, okay. It's a big one, Casey, for obviously for both teams, but and certainly for these Seahawks. They've dropped two straight and in their division two weeks ago to the Rams, and then last week on Thanksgiving evening, losing to the 49ers 31 to 13. And at six and five, they're now two back from the Niners in the AFC West and the NFC West, rather. Geno Smith ineffective, throwing for just 180 yards. Zero touchdowns and a pick. Kenneth Walker unable to go in that game due to injury, and he's still banged up at this point in time, so it's unsure um, what's going to happen there moving forward. But Zach Charbonnet was held to just 58 yards. Uh, between Lockett, Metcalf, and Njigba, they were a combined eight catches for 108 yards and no touchdowns. Ugh. Awful statistics. The offense has got to get back on track against another tough defense. That was a tough defense, but so are the Cowboys. So they have got to find a way to to beat these better defenses uh, and get something going off offensively. Overall, Seattle's offense has struggled to run this season, ranking just 26th and uh, under 100 yards a game. On defense, Seattle's going to have their hands full. Also, on the other side of the equation, taking care of a really good uh, Cowboys offense. 
Yeah, dude, you know what? I'm going to go ahead, since Kenneth Walker's on my fantasy team, I'm going to go ahead and take that L for fantasy to Trump reality. I'm going to take one for the team and just sit them down, get them right for next week. Good thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah just in case. Um, but unless something crazy happens, these two teams are jockeying for the top wild card seeding. Yeah. And they want that fifth seed because they will get to play the NFC South champ, while the loser will most likely have to play at San Francisco or Detroit. Not as groovy there. A win here would also give the Cowboys a three-game lead over the Seahawks and whoever slides into that seventh seed. The boys are cooking it up at home. Cowboys' first team in NFL history to win each of its first five home games by 20 or more points. Not only that, the Cowboys are also looking for their 14th consecutive home win. A big reason why is the play of Dak Prescott. Dak announced this week that his girlfriend is pregnant and he will soon be a father. So I wonder if that means he's telling the Giants that he's going to run out real quick for a pack of smokes and some Pop-Tarts because he can't <laughs> be their dad anymore. Either way, there isn't anyone playing better than Dak right now. 331 yards of four TDs, zero interceptions against the Durs, 142.1 passer rating. His fourth game this year with 400 yards and three touchdowns. That is the most in the NFL. And he is 0.2% behind Brock Purdy for the highest completion percentage in the NFL at 70%. And he's spreading those TDs around, baby. Four different receivers with a touchdown versus the Durs on Thursday including Brandon Cooks. And remember when this dude was struggling to get acclimated to the Texas Coast offense? His last three games, 16 <laughs> catches, 287 yards, and two touchdowns. Run game, getting better too. Tony Pollard and the O-line, specifically Terrence Steele, they're healthy and it's showing. The run game getting healthy, as well as red zone efficiency. 16th overall, but second in their last three games at 79%. Ooh, offense ain't the only one scoring touchdowns either. Dave Jerome Bland, first player in NFL history with five interception return touchdowns in a season. He's also tied the single season league record for overall defensive touchdowns. That puts Bland just two TDs behind the Steelers and the Jets in receiving touchdowns. The entire teams, okay. <laughs> and when. Micah Parsons isn't being held or clothesline. He's pretty good at getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. 11 and a half sacks, his third straight season doing that. The team with 37, 17 takeaways and giving up less than 17 points a game. But Dave, Dak says, I ain't done shit yet. So far, these boys 0-2 against bird teams. Uh And as long as they're not looking past these birds to next week's birds, they should have this game flying high again. That's an Aussie reference. Get hip, nerds. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, baby. All right. That was my monologue, Dave. It's time for yours. (laughs) Up next, your Los Angeles Chargers at the New England Patriots. Chargers, five and a half point favorites on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Chargers have dropped three in a row and at four and seven likely need to run the table to get to the playoffs. Last week's loss to the Ravens was yet another close one. They ended up losing by 10. But Herbert and the Chargers offense down by three at midfield with just a couple of minutes left in the game, only to turn the ball over on downs and ultimately give up that uh, extra touchdown to the Ravens there trying to stop them. Chargers found yet another way to lose. This time, 
turning the ball over four times to the Ravens. Okay. It's not like a new invention of how to lose. Losing four t- turnovers and getting none back is the ultimate easy way to find a, a, a loss, right? But the Chargers hadn't been doing that all year. In fact, they had very turnover, very few turnovers that went into the game, plus seven in the turnover ratio. So that's why it's such a new event that suddenly all these turnovers happened in this one game. Still remaining on the schedule after New England, Denver at Las Vegas, Buffalo at Denver, and then Kansas City. So Ooh. it's a pretty tough gauntlet if the Chargers are going to, quote, run the table and somehow make it into the playoffs like we were talking about the four and seven teams from before. The turnovers were given up by the team make, the team's best playmakers in this last yeah. game. It was Herbert with two picks, Eckler and Keenan Allen coughing the ball up. So, I mean, those are the dudes you want with the ball in her hand. Um, mm-hmm. Credit to the Ravens defense. Herbert, again, great as he's been this whole season. It seems like a throwaway, unfortunately. And Keenan Allen continues to dominate 14 receptions and 160, uh, uh, excuse me, 106 yards last week for Keenan. He just continues to be open no matter how many people seem to cover him. The Pats on the other side, they have been disappointing all season, too. Entering this game with a record of two and nine, good for the third pick in draft if it started today. And they've been a mess at quarterback, as we know, all season long. At this point, it would be preferable, I think for the team to lose out and land a high enough pick to select one of those top quarterback prospects in next year's da- uh, draft. And here's the prospects of that happening up next on the schedule. It's at Pittsburgh, Kansas city at Denver at Buffalo and the jets. They'll likely be underdogs perhaps in all of those games. So Ooh. we'll see if they find a way to end up as a two in team, but even maybe grabbing a win in there, still you're going to be one of the top picks in the draft there they are right now with the third selection that's a bummer dude uh and it's also a bummer that the chargers can't find any wins in those dark blue unis they're so dope i love them but they are nice they haven't been lucky yet not yet all right casey up next it's the detroit lions at the new orleans saints and the lions on the road are favored by three and a half Lions coming off a brutal Thanksgiving Day loss to the Packers. Not only did they drop from the two to the three seed, they also uh, gave the hated Packers life towards making it into the playoffs, dude. So big time. Yeah. Bad news for the Lions. I think this is probably a get right game for them, but they need to start stacking some wins there because in the games they've lost, they've not looked great and you want more consistency getting beat when you play well is one thing but just clunking out i'm seeing some stuff that um you know is not you don't want to take you don't want to do one of those in the playoffs (laughs) no it's over no so um they got to start stacking some wins that two seed is still there but um getting this win on the road would go a long way towards getting them back up there Yeah, these Saints, Casey, fresh off the bye, have lost uh, their second straight game, losing to the Vikings and then losing uh, a game for first place last week to the Falcons. At five and six, the Saints currently um, lose the tiebreaker to the Falcons and reside in second place outside the playoffs. So plenty of time for them to scrap it together, though. Last game, Carr passed for 304. Olave had seven for 114. That was a pretty nice game. And Taysom Hill had 81 scrimmage yards. Kamara had 119 scrimmage yards. Those sound like numbers that should translate to a W. They didn't. And the Saints defense, which has been solid all season, but does struggle to, to slow the running attack down, really struggled last last week, giving up almost 200 yards to the Falcons. Uh, and a TD 
to the, th- the three pack of running backs that the Falcons were running out there. It's a good mix of dudes, though. Anyways, on the season, the Saints are ninth in total yards, seventh versus a pass, eighth in points given up at just over 20 a game. But again, stopping the run has been their issue where they're 23rd. So expect the Lions to try and play physical ball with them in this game, establish the ground game with their tailbacks and um, follow that Falcons game plan that worked pretty clearly. Yeah, it's a big game for both these teams, especially the Saints. It sure is. All right, up next, Casey, it's the Atlanta Falcons, and they're headed to New York to play the Jets. Falcons on the road are favored by two and a half. What do you got? I don't know what to think about this game as the Jets are terrible, but I always seem to get my Falcons pick wrong, and I feel like the Falcons should win this game. Oh, no. <laughs> get in for the Jets. <laughs> laundry. <laughs> uh, and last week on the show, we said that the Falcons needed to get Bijan going in the pass game, and yep. they did that last week. Three catches for 32 yards and a touchdown. That helped him get to 124 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns on the day. Beautiful. Desmond Ritter has been okay if he doesn't turn the ball over, but he's done that a lot. Um, and But if he holds on to it, they should win this game. The Jets, as I mentioned, almost made me cancel my prime membership. That game <laughs> was disgusting. Yeah. If there's any good news out of Jetville, it said Aaron Rodgers is officially back at Jets practice. But I don't see a world where they bring him back this season. But then again, I'm not high on ayahuasca. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Someone else probably is, though. <laughs> yeah. Of all the games that happened this uh, that happened this season, Casey, this is one of them. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's about all I got for this one. <laughs> all right, Dave. Up next, we have the Arizona Cardinals at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and those Steelers are six-point favorites. Yeah, and at two and ten, the Cards got clobbered by the Rams last week, thirty-seven to fourteen, um, to lose their second in a row. Uh, Kyler Murray passed for two fifty-six and two touchdowns, which is pretty good. But with the second worst record in the league, the Cards may be better off racking up losses, mm-hmm. um, setting themselves up for future success. Whether that includes uh, Kyler or not w- w- is let yet to be determined. Obviously, first year head coach uh, Jonathan Gammon w- will not be tanking. I mean, that's not, and mm-hmm. you know, that's not what a rookie head coach does, does right? And you can bet that Kyler Murray knows that he has to show the organization and the league that he's a viable, viable NFL quarterback. He can stay healthy and consistently play well. The seven and four Steelers, they're coming off a 16 to 10 win over the, ba- the Bengals. And um, since firing Matt Canada, and the promotion of Mike Sullivan uh, to OC, that's really seemed to spark the offense, which had struggled all year. In fact, Kenny Pickett had a, a really nice day, uh, completing 30, uh, 24 of 33 for almost 73% for a season high. I thought you were going to say 73 yards. I was like, whoa, yeah. he is lightning. <laughs> 73% though, man, consistent yeah. and not turning it over, right? And then Friar Muth, back off the injury, he had a career high in catches with nine and reception, uh, receiving yards with 120. Najee Harris led the team. He'd been in and out of the, 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 you know, good graces of this team. He couldn't put anything together. He had 99 rush yards and a touchdown and Jalen Warren, 62 scrimmage yards. So on both sides of the ball, I've mentioned it before. The Steelers are statistically not pretty, right? But if the offense can keep improving, like it has shown lately, and the defense continues to thrive in specific areas, mainly 15 points given up, which is the most important of all defensive stats, ultimately, right? And then under 19 points a game, how about 32 sacks on the season, 22 takeaways, and a plus 11 turnover differential? The Steelers can beat anyone if they can keep playing like that, and this week, it's the Cardinals. Steelers going to be the worst 13-4 and team in the history of the league. (laughs) I know. 
keep they winning. They keep coming up winning. You know, Crazy. you got to give them credit. They find yeah. a way to win. Other teams find a way to lose. Yeah. All right. Up next, Casey, the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. The Colts on the road favored by two. Yeah, these Colts have won three in a row after losing three in a row and are currently the seventh seed. They will be without Jonathan Taylor, who's undergoing thumb surgery, but the team is not putting him on IR, which means they think he's going to be back in less than four weeks. Luckily, they do have Zach Moss, who's been pretty good when they've been without JT. The Colts, they sacked Baker six times last week and are tied for most strip sacks in the NFL this season with five. That could be a problem for the rookie QB, Will Levis. Um, He's been okay, but as a team, these Titans have way more questions than answers. If anything, they're going to play spoiler on their way to Cancun. Season's done for the Titans. Let's see how they write out this string of games. No question. Titans are going to have some roster changes. Who knows? I don't think so, but maybe a coaching change as well, uh, depending on how things pan out there. Yeah, it's really weird that they held on to the high-priced vets at that point in the season when they could have gotten some picks and done a reset. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the offseason. All right, Dave. Up next, rematch of the Super Bowl from the perfect season, the Miami Dolphins (laughs) at the Washington Commanders. And those Fins are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Okay, the Dolphins have won their second in a row, destroying the Jets on Black Friday, 34-13, to and bringing their record... Yeah, it's Black Friday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bringing their record to uh, eight and three, a two and a half game lead over the Bills in the AFC East. The Dolphins uh, lead the NFL in total offense at 430 and a half yards per game and are second in scoring, scoring at just under 31 a game. Last week, Tua, 21 of 30, that's 70 percent for 243. Raheem Mostert. Uh, led the team with 94 yards rushing and a, a two TDs. And Jeff Wilson had a season high 73 scrimmage yards. Waddle had eight catches for 114 yards. It's a pretty good fantasy day for my team uh, with Waddle and also Mostert. Anyways, it's the commanders on the other side. They've lost three straight, heading in the opposite direction. They've dropped a four and eight last week, getting blown out by the Cowboys 45 to 10. They are currently not in the playoff mix but are just two games out of a wild card card spot if everything were to fall in place. There's a lot of teams that would have to kind of crumble a little bit in front of them. But uh, with some very tough opponents still on the schedule, including the 49ers, Cowboys, it does seem highly unlikely that they could put together enough wins to make it. On the bright side, Sam Howell passed for 300 yards and had his third rush TD of the season last week. So it looks like he's shown uh, that he could and very well likely will be the quarterback for the commandos moving forward yeah um no confirmation but we heard rowboat ron was row row rowing his boat on the potomac there maybe right out of town we'll see how the season finishes but we shall it might be a little tricky all right dave up next we have the denver broncos at the houston texans and the texans are three-point favorites at home yeah and since starting the streets this season one in five the broncos are on a five game win streak that is as is the best, if not tied yeah. for the best in the league, right? They improved their record to six and five. They are now second in the AFC West as they were uh, seller dwellers for most of the, the first six weeks of the season. They're actually uh, in a three-way tie for the seventh and final wildcard spot right now, but they lose the tiebreaker as they're currently the ninth seed. Uh, but that's still a plenty 
plenty to come on that, right, with uh, with all the games left. Uh, they have been playing a lot better, obviously, beating some good teams as part of their revival, like the Packers, Chiefs, Bills, and Vikings, and most recently an impressive 29-12 a domination of the Browns. So some pretty good football teams on there as part of their uh, comeback there. And last week's game versus a very good Browns defense, uh, Russell Wilson got 178 yards uh, between rushing and passing and two touchdowns, ran one in himself, right? And he had no picks. It was his first, uh, excuse me, his fifth straight game with no interceptions. So that's a big part of this whole turnaround is, turnovers and getting turnovers. And I'll get to that when I get to the defense. Javante Williams led the team with 71 scrimmage yards and Samaje Prerine really had an impact too, 55 yards and a, and a TD for him. Defensively, the Broncos though, which was historically bad early in the season, has played much better during this five-game win streak or six-game win streak, right? Um, is it five? Six. Anyways, creating turnovers has been a huge element uh, for the Brownie, Brownie, Brown, Broncos here. They now lead the league with 22 takeaways and they're plus eight in the turnover differential. So when you're getting turnovers and you're not turning it over, that gives you, um, you know, an opportunity to put together a five game win streak um, like the Broncos have got going. Yeah, they're no longer the 32nd ranked defense no. out there. I'm not going to tell you who is, but let me talk about these Texans. Last week, <laughs> this time, unbelievably, these Texans were heading into a game versus the Jags for first place in the AFC South. Yep. This week, they're out of the playoffs, but they have another huge game with major playoff implications, as you just stated. Um, unfortunately, this game is against one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. These Texans have been in seven straight one-score games going four and three. And in my opinion, C.J. Stroud, he's out of the league MVP race, but he still has exceeded all expectations, will be your offensive rookie of the year. His fifth game this year with 300 pass yards and two touchdowns tied most ever by a rookie, also is the first rookie in NFL history with 300 or more pass yards in four straight games. He's got at least two touchdowns in each of his six home games. Second in the NFL with thirty over 3,200 pass yards. That's the second most ever, well, 3,266 by a player in their first 11 uh, career games. Tank Dell and Nico Collins, rising stars. Yep. Dell is tied for the league with, uh, with rookies with seven TDs. He's second with over 700 receiving yards. Collins last week, seven catches for 104 yards and a touchdown. He's looking for his fourth in a row with at least 50 receiving yards. Defensively, they added Desmond King and Denzel Perryman to the active roster, so they're getting a little bit healthier there. It's all right there for the, the Texans to take. They're currently sitting at the eight, but counting this game, Dave, all six of their games are versus AFC opponents, including Week 18 at the Colts, which could be a de facto playoff game so um lots to still be played for lots still tbd man it's gonna be wild and it's a fun team to watch it's a fun team to root for isn't it Mm -hmm. absolutely except when they do the red helmet i'm not down with it's too Too much much red too Too much much red red. (laughs) couldn't agree more all right casey moving on to the late slot uh it is the carolina panthers at the tampa bay buccaneers the buccaneers are at home and they are favored by six in this one I feel like David Tepper should temper his tamper for temper tantrums. <laughs> he certainly Thank does you. tamper with the team. <laughs> he Too fired much. Matt Rule last year, fired Frank Reich this year, traded a ton of picks and DJ Moore for Bryce Young. 
apparently without the consent of Frank Reich, or a plan to develop him. Special teams coordinator, you mentioned Chris Tabor, is named interim coach. Interim coach didn't work out so well for Steve Wilkes last year. Impatient billionaires are just the worst, am I right? Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> Flip it over to the Bucks. It's probably the South or nothing if they want to make it to the playoffs. Good news is for their last six games are all versus NFC South opponents. Got to start stacking some wins, and that starts on Sunday against a bad Panthers team. No question about it. This uh, should be a win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Baker's been playing you know, pretty good football. He's got to put it together this week and make sure they yeah. take care of business. All right, Dave. Up next, we have the Cleveland Browns. Party over here, y'all, at the Los <laughs> Angeles Rams. Rams, four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. The Browns had a three-game winning streak uh, snapped last week, losing to the Broncos 29-12. They are two games behind the Ravens in the division now, but still holding a wild-card spot. Rookie DTR Dorian Thompson-Robinson started last week's game, but got concussed. He was replaced by P.J. Walker. DTR will have to clear concussion pro protocol, or it will be Walker in this one. Or, rumor has it, Will it be Joe Flacco? Flacco time. Whoa. Boo to Flacco. All right, we'll see about that. They're going to want to run the ball with Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. Luckily, the Browns lead the NFL in total defense, right? And the pass defense is also, they, they lead the league in that. So they're really strong there. They have uh, 34 sacks, 16 takeaways, and unfortunately, as a team, are negative seven in the turnover differential. The Rams, they're sitting at five and six. They've won two straight. And after completing the season sweep over the Seahawks two weeks ago, they then destroyed the Cardinals last week, 37 to 14, to keep their playoff hopes alive. They're just one win behind two wild card teams. So right there. And so how about this? When Matthew Stafford got back into the mix, that sort of coincided with their resurgence. What a surprise, right? Stafford's pretty good. He completed 25 of 33, over almost 76% uh, mm -hmm. last week, had four touchdowns in there. And also, uh, Tyler Higby really coming on with two TD catches. Kyron Williams, former Notre Damer, a career-high 204 scrimmage yards and two receiving touchdowns. And then Royce Freeman uh, got in the act, too, rushing for a season-high 77 yards and a touchdown. So everybody was cashing in, uh, except for, of course, uh, Puka and um, – the, the superstar cup. Yeah. So the Rams will face one of the best defenses in the league in the Browns. Can they keep their offense going strong? We'll see. Yeah. The Rams are weird when they look good. They've looked really good. And yeah. when they haven't, it's been like, Ugh. so this is a game they can't afford to drop. It's at home. I doubt Cleveland has the home field advantage at this one at the SoFi, but we'll see. It happens yeah. a lot there. It will be interesting to see. Indeed. Certainly they'll have to put some points on the board because eventually the Rams are going to score. Yeah. All right. Up next is the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Niners are two and a two and a half point favorites on the road in Philly. Casey Niners Eagles clash is a rematch of the NFC title game. Eagles won 31 to seven. Of course, uh, the teams that have lost the conference championship games have rebounded the following seasons. Uh, and they win five of the, the the last 11 Super Bowls when they rebound there. So it does mean you're in, you're sniffing at it. You're close. You're getting there. Can they get it done this time? So we'll see that um, that this rematch is kind of like 
a different game in the sense Absolutely. that, right? Because of the quarterback situation for the 49ers. Yeah, Purdy going out so early in that one, it's hard to take anything out of that game. But I don't want to jinx him. Well, maybe I don't care if I jinx him, really. But I feel like San Francisco is the best team in football. Top five in both uh, total offense and total defense. It all starts with Brock Purdy. Mentioned he was knocked out of this game in the playoffs, but this year leading the league at 70.2 completion percentage Mm. Uh, in five straight starts. He's um, leading the NFL at that completion percentage. Um, He also leads the league with 112.3 passer rating. Also has a TD of 15 of his 16 career starts. So even when he's bad, he's still finding a way to um, score points. And he can also just hand it or throw it to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. First Seattle last week, nine carries for 114 yards, though, and two touchdowns on the ground. Also five grabs for 25 yards. He leads the NFL in rush yards, scrimmage TDs, second in scrimmage yards. And they also have Debo um, last week. Five receptions and 70 yards, three carries and a rushing touchdown in the first half alone. <laughs> and their defense is pretty good. Um, the Niners sacked Geno six times last week. So if Lane Johnson is not back, that can mean bad things for Jalen Hurts. And San Francisco wants to go in there and bully these Eagles, especially after what happened in the NFC Championship last week. Will they be able to? Yeah, it's a good question, Casey. The Eagles have won five straight, beating Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo in consecutive weeks. The last, the latest, a 37-34 barn burner of the Bills to bring their record up to a league best 10-1. and one. The only blemish, a stunning loss to the Jets, which was a turnover <laughs> fest um, uh, for the Eagles. It's the NFL. It, it can happen, right? The Eagles are fourth team ever to win 10-plus games in their uh, first 11 games in consecutive years and the fourth team ever to win four straight games. And this is kind of weird. Uh, the first team ever to win four straight games when trailing at halftime. I, I just find that wow. fascinating. And it's whatever. That's weird. Um, Jalen Hurts, though, had a career high five TDs in week 12. Three rushing, uh, excuse me, uh, two rushing and three passing. A, uh, A.J. Brown, seventh career, uh, seventh receiving touchdown of the year. He ranks fourth with 1,050 yards on the season. Devontae Smith. Seven catches, 106 last week, fifth receiving touchdown of the season. DeAndre Swift, fourth in the NFL with a career-high 770 yards this season. Overall, Philadelphia ranks eighth in yards, third in points, and 13th in passing and eighth in rushing. So really nice balance there. They're number three now on third down. They slipped from their number one rank that they've been sitting at, but it's still over 47% conversion on third down. And thanks to the brotherly love in a lot of ways uh, in that sense, because once they get close, they can just run that play. The Eagles defense pretty good, too, although not as good really ultimately as the offense. They're 21st in yard, three versus the run, but just 29th versus the pass and 30th on third down. So totally opposite from their offense. They are tied uh, for 20th in points at plus 22 points a game. And defense uh, is 13th in the NFL with 32 sacks, so they can't get after the quarterback. Uh, this is going to be a heck of a ball game, right? Probably the game of the weekend, the one that everybody wants to tune into. Absolutely. I, just a fascinating matchup to see. So di- Their styles are so different. Similar, but very different. So um, mm-hmm. 
I, I I'm rooting against both teams. You yeah, know? and this one though we get the the quarterback matchup between these two quarterbacks uh, hurts the sort of the overachieving second round pick, and then Pur- Purdy the out of nowhere, Mister uh, Irrelevant. Uh, and turned into an incredible quarterback for this uh, is a system quarterback. He's a, the right guy in the right system. Yeah. All those playmakers going to be a great game, maybe an NFC championship preview. I sure hope the hell not, but yeah. Dave, we talked about this rematch of Super Bowl one. It is for Sunday night football, the Kansas city chiefs at the green Bay Packers and the chiefs are six and a half point favorites on the road. Yeah, and the Pack have won two in a row and three of four, and they are coming off a big win uh, over Detroit in Detroit over the Lions on Thanksgiving Day to get their record up to five and six. That puts them in the eight seed, just a half game back of that final playoff spot in the NFC. You said it earlier. They are on the come here. They are looking like they're the team that's going to find a way to sneak in there. For the, for the last three or four games, Jordan Love, has played much better. Like he's played like an actual first round quarterback from that 2020 draft. which has got so <laughs> many good quarterbacks in it, right? Last week he completed 22 of 32, uh, almost 69% for 268, three touchdowns and no picks. They were, when he was really struggling, he was turning the ball over way too much. It was a 125.5 quarterback rating. That was his career best. So in the last month, his trajectory uh, and the quality of his play has gone immensely up. Young receivers have had a really big role in that. They've started to play very well, including Christian Watson, who had five for 94 and his 10th touchdown of the season last week. How about Jaden Reed, the rookie, fifth touchdown of the season last week, and he's had a TD in three straight weeks. So uh, also A.J. Dillon uh, with with Jones uh, on the mend. A.J. Dillon had a pretty nice game with 81 scrimmage yards. So the Chiefs will certainly be a big challenge for this Packers squad, but they're playing well. And they're at home. And even if they come up short in this one, they've got some very winnable games on the Mm -hmm. future. So projecting ahead at the Giants versus Tampa Bay at Carolina on their on in their future. So some winnable games right there. And I would put some of those early struggles from love this season on that young receiving core too. Christian Watson banged up and then the young guys just kind of figuring it out on the fly. But it's looked like a totally different team the last couple of weeks. And um I think that there's stuff to be excited about there in Green Bay. But let's talk about these Chiefs, Dave. Every time we count the Chiefs out, they just do that Chiefs thing. I'm yeah. starting to think they're just bored with the regular season. Las Vegas up last week early, 14 nothing. Does it matter? No. Since 2018, the Chiefs have won 63% of its regular season games and wish it trailed at some point during the game. Wow. That's 10% higher than any other team in the NFL. So it can start slow. It doesn't matter for these damn Chiefs. And last week we talked about the Chiefs not having a true number one. And then Rashi Rice comes up big time versus the Raiders. He had eight for 107 and a touchdown. He led the team with 10 targets. That will be huge if he can continue to get that production from Rice in this offense. Kansas City defense also playing on another level. Top four in total defense and in passing defense. Top three in scoring D at less than 17 points a game. And they've held opponents under 25 points in 11 straight games. And as bad as it felt for the Chiefs after that clunker in Denver, if MVS doesn't drop that TD against Philly, their only other loss was week one against the Lions, dude. 
Wow. And they hold the tiebreakers over all three other division leaders in the AFC. So currently they're a half game behind the Ravens. The Ravens have their bye this week. So if the Chiefs do win and win out, the number one seed is theirs yet again. And uh, the road goes through Arrowhead, as it always does. Oh, and by the way, Big Red is now the winningest head coach for both the Chiefs and the Eagles. Let's celebrate with some nuggies. <laughs> Poor Chiefs problems, for. man. As bad as it's been, yeah. it's all just right there. Disgusting. Yeah, and if they do get the bye and the, everything goes through Kansas City, that is a sea of red. They're as good of fan base as there exists in the league. They come loud and strong every single time. It is literally a very, very tough place to play. Yeah, crazy. All right, on Monday Night Football, Casey, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Jacksonville Jaguars. This was a great game when we looked at it at the beginning of the season. And it kind of fizzled out about a bit here uh, with the quarterback situation for the Bengals. But Jaguars are favored by eight in this one. Uh, you mentioned it, dude. The schedule makers were completely stoked, high-fiving each other. Two AFC teams fighting for the playoffs. But those Burrow-less Bengals are currently the 11th seed Oof. and are 1-6 in, in games versus AFC opponents. They dead. I don't see a path for them yeah. to get in. So... They're just playing it out. Some good news, though. Joey B did have successful wrist surgery this week and is expected to make a full recovery. So the Bengals have that to look forward to. The Jags, though, are right in the mix and have a puncher's chance at that one seed. Yep. But still, they're all sitting right there. A lot has to go their way, though. And at the end of week 13, we could have all four division leaders tied at nine and three in the AFC just to make it that much more tasty going into the post. Now, since the 49ers sagged Joey Lawrence whoa, whoa. five times, the Jags <laughs> have only given up one sack in their last two games. As a result, Trev, 47-70, 626 yards, 67% completions, three TDs, one interception, and three rushing touchdowns. You project uh, protect Trevor. And the results come. Jags finished the game versus Texans on defense. Josh Allen, a sack and a half on that Texans final drive to seal the deal. That gives him a career high of 12 sacks on the season. The Jags should roll in this one, but we will know more in the next few weeks um, as they go to Cleveland and then host the Ravens in their next two. Those are both huge games. And much like most of the games every week, the season is going to go down to the wire and I am completely stoked about it. Absolutely, man. It is going to go down the wire. And when this Jacksonville Jaguars team is kind of playing their best football, feels like they can beat anybody. They're really strong on both sides of the ball. Obviously, um, you know, they got the quarterback, they got the, the receiving group. Ridley's really been coming Kirk. on. Uh, Jones, Ridley, yeah. Evan Ingram, ATN, even Tank in the back. There are a lot of weapons. weapons everywhere. And Peterson's yeah, a great coach. No question. He's got the Super Bowl resume. When they are clicking, uh, they can beat anybody. And that's, I think, go, moving in forward and moving into that playoff uh, scenario there, they're a pretty exciting and volatile team. Yeah, let's see what happens this last month of the season to know what we have in these Jags. But they are fun to watch. 
So many ways you can check out the football dudes, the trend zone, the pod you're listening to right now is available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and we're now on Amazon Music. That's right. Go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA and make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. We're out there surfing on the interwebs. Go ahead and bookmark footballdudes.com that is going to do it for this episode of the trend zone we're not the suits to talk football we are the dudes that know football for dave i am casey and just like the month of november what are we dave we are out of here